Welcome to the Lightkeepers podcast. I'm Clayton Vandiver, your Lightkeeper, with a show dedicated to everyone who wants to get the most quality out of life that they can. My co-host, as always, Charlene, our very own licensed clinical social worker certified in the state of Florida. Hey, we invite you to join the conversation this week about different levels of care and how to pay for them. And so much more on this edition of the Lightkeepers podcast. Before we start, I'd like to invite you to please leave your questions or comments below. We always love to hear from you. Questions this week will be answered during our next show that appears online every Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern. The Lightkeepers podcast is an exclusive production of A Guiding Light Incorporated. We'll tell you more about A Guiding Light at the end of the podcast, but since we don't have much time, let's get right into the conversation. Hi, Charlene. Hello. Good to have you with us again tonight. Now, we're talking about different levels of care and how our listeners and viewers can pay for them. Before we worry about how to pay for them, tell us what different levels of care are there. So there are different levels of care based on what someone is capable of doing for themselves. Um, For example... Uh, When you have someone who is older, um, you can have someone who is independent, meaning they can take care of themselves. You can have someone who might need a little bit of assistance. Um, And if this is someone who can't live on their own, this is someone who would be appropriate for what's called an assisted living facility. Someone who is appropriate for an assisted living facility is still someone who can get up on their own, meaning, um, you know, they're able to get out of bed. Uh, Mm -hmm, Maybe mm -hmm. they need a little bit of help walking, maybe with a walker, um, or maybe even with with a wheelchair, but they're able to get themselves in and out of the wheelchair on their own. Okay. Now, if you have someone who needs more assistance than that, this is someone who would most likely be best served in what's called a skilled nursing facility, which... um, some people know of as a nursing home, okay. Um, or depending on what part of the country you live in, could also be known as an old folks home. <laughs> okay. This is a facility where someone goes that really needs a lot of help taking care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Maybe they can't get out of bed on their own. Maybe they can't get out of bed at all. Um, you know, they're not able to dress themselves by themselves. They're not okay. able to. Maybe they're not even able to feed themselves. Um, well, that sort of gets into what I was going to ask. What, what really determines the level of care that you'll be receiving? I mean, uh, what qualifies you? So someone's own physical health really makes the, the determination, but um, a lot of times this level is decided by the medical community. Um, okay. For example, if someone goes to the hospital, um, with an injury or with an illness, 
the hospital may discharge them into a skilled nursing facility for rehab. And mm -hmm. the discharging physician determines what level of care they need. Um, now, I have also seen some situations where a doctor has made the decision that this person is no longer safe to care for themselves at home and therefore they need to be discharged to live in a uh, nursing home or a skilled nursing facility. Okay. While this is something that I would like to discuss in greater detail in a later show, um, I will take a moment to point out that while a doctor may make that recommendation, ultimately it is up to the family. So if the family decides that they have adequate care at home, then they can still take that person home. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But it would be the medical professional's decision that they need the level of care that they, they do, whether it's provided at home or in a facility. Right. Well, isn't all of this taken care of by Medicare, Medicaid, or some private insurance as far as paying? So rehab is taken care of by Medicare and private insurance. Okay. However, those resources are very limited. Once you've received X amount of rehab, then it no longer pays for it. Oh, um, okay. And at that point, at that point, the person is either discharged from the skilled nursing facility and they're able to go back home, right. or um, depending on where their new normal is, what they're now able to do for themselves, they may need that higher level of care on a permanent basis at which case it's either up to the individual to pay for it um, or uh, that's where you would really get into the situation of having to look at how to finance that facility or how to set up that care at home if your family cannot provide it. Now do people ever have control over these levels of care and choosing uh, what's right for them or is it always in the hands of a professional to choose for you? Usually it is in the hands of the professional and you, okay. may have, you may have a say in it, but that may not ultimately be the final decision. For example, um, say you have a loved one that needs to be discharged to a skilled nursing facility. Okay. That individual may only want to go to facility X or facility Y. If facility X and Y don't have beds available, the hospital is not going to continue to hold them. They're going to discharge them to the first place that has a bed available. Oh, and see. that may not be facility X or Y. It may not even be a facility in the same town, may not even be in the same state. Really? Yes. So they could actually be sending a loved one off somewhere. What, what control does the family have in that situation? Unfortunately, none. Really? Um, they can either uh, take their loved one home uh, and do whatever is needed to provide care at home, or they are left to the mercy of whatever facility has a bed available. Um, unfortunately, for example, um, at the height of COVID, there were no spaces and facilities. And um, at the time, I was working in the hospital setting and we had patients that were being discharged um, to other parts of the state mm -hmm. and sometimes even out of state uh, because that was the closest place we could find that would take them. Well, 
what resources, a few weeks ago we were talking about vetting and investigating uh, the professionals that are working with you to make sure that they're reputable and, and uh, not, you know, witch doctors. That was an interesting episode. But I'm wondering, is there a way to vet or investigate uh, these sort of facilities oh, ahead of time before you send a loved one there or before you go there yourself? Absolutely. And um, provided this is a situation that you have some control over, I would absolutely recommend checking out um, any facility. Um, uh, and I know I'm going to upset a lot of facility employees when I say this, uh -oh. but um, make sure you take a tour of the facility, lay eyes on the facility, but don't let them know you're coming. Oh, okay, so an unannounced visit is a good thing. Unannounced visit is a good thing, otherwise they're going to have the staff on their best behavior Mm -hmm. and they're going to have things nice and neat and clean and for some facilities that may be the normal hi wizzy um, for other facilities that our, may not be one of our cats checking in to make sure we're covering <laughs> all of this information for you i'm curious is there a central website with any rankings or ratings that that folks could be referred to? So Medicare does have a system. Uh, the U.S. Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, um, also known as CMS. Okay. So if you hear me say CMS, that's the uh, Center for Medicare and Medicaid. They have a five-star quality rating uh, system that can be researched online. And um, basically what they do is they have these facilities rated. Thank you. They have these facilities rated according to, um, according to Medicare standards. And they have those ratings online where people can research them and look at them. But I wouldn't recommend stopping there. I would also recommend looking at reviews. Uh, reviews are important, keeping in mind, of course, that there are some people that will complain about anything and everything. So take those reviews with a grain of salt. Fair enough. Yeah. But reviews are important because these are normally left by people who have had firsthand experience. Sure. And, of course, word of mouth. If you know someone who's had personal experience, that's going to be important also. Well, now, a few years ago in the state of Florida, there was an agency... Um, of the Department of Elder Affairs, and they were called the Ombudsman. That group actually went to facilities like this, nursing homes, skilled nursing facilities, and they did surprise visits. They uh, they rated them, they not rated, but rated them on their performance and cleanliness and so forth. And they really did help these facilities to maintain standards and to do a really good job in the state of Florida. Are they still doing what they used to do? Because I, I haven't heard of them in a very long time. So that can vary from state to state as funding varies. Okay. Um, that is definitely something that I would encourage someone to look into with their own state's Department of Elder Affairs, um, which is a, a good thing to uh, look into anyway because you may want to have that information in case you need an advocate um, working with the nursing home. Um, okay. Nursing home care is important to have for those that need it, uh, but in a lot of cases, home is going to be the best option if it's at all possible. Um, definitely something you would want to look into for the homes in your area. Well, I appreciate that. It's um, Oh, and I should introduce Wizabel. She's been in a few of our episodes so far, but this is her first time on camera. This is a, 
I guess we call her the therapy cat around the house because she knows that whenever we're working hard, she needs to be there to help us out and help us uh, stay stress-free and, and uh, cool, calm, and collected. So this is Wizabelle. Uh, she she animals, likes to be in the middle of everything. And, you know, it's something we probably should do an episode about at some point because animals play such an absolutely, you know, pets are a great part of the family and they play a really important role Absolutely. In reducing stress, in making life better, there's so many studies. There are a lot of um, studies that show the benefit of uh, pet ownership, <laughs> um, having those furry, feathered, or, or uh, scaled family members. Um, they have a lot of benefits to our personal health, to our emotional health. Um, and, you know, <laughs> it's good to do for them. Uh, there are so many animals out there that need a family and need a home, and uh, I'm glad she can be a part of ours. She looks great on camera, let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> so we know we're going to the hospital, mm -hmm. and uh, what is a typical stay for the patient from admission to discharge, the entire process, before they ever get uh, since we're talking about levels of care, that's really where the care often starts. It is where the care often starts. And, um, you know, that's something that uh, is a, a topic that we really don't have time to get into today because there's a lot of great information that needs to be shared about that. You know, starting with going to the hospital, how you get there, whether you're a trauma call or or, um, you know, a, a walk-in admission, so to speak. Yeah. We don't have time to get into all of that here today, but definitely something we should cover. Well, I'll tell you what, why don't we make that our next episode for our listeners and our viewers, because the, uh, the hospital stay really is the first point of contact with the system for a lot of people when we're talking about levels of care and how to pay for them. Like you said, uh, Medicare, Medicaid, private insurance, which of these pays for some of these facilities we're talking about again? So, um, Medicare and Medicaid will pay for uh, rehab if you have to go to a skilled nursing facility. It will not pay anything towards assisted living, um, independent living, and um, nothing towards skilled nursing residential. Um, and a, a lot of people balk at that when I tell them. I've had people get angry with me and say, you know, they've paid into the system all their lives. And right. that may be. But unfortunately, it's important to note that asking Medicare to pay for someone to live in a skilled nursing facility would be kind of like asking them to pay for your mortgage. It's not what you've paid into it for. Ah, uh, I see. I see. The Light Keepers podcast is an exclusive production of Animation Studios and is brought to you by A Guiding Light, a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to education and information that allows informed preparation for living the very best life possible. The mission of A Guiding Light is to provide education to professionals and information for everyone else about life planning, available guidance, and counseling that helps individuals and their family navigate options that improve the quality of their remaining days. The organization is committed to training professionals through scholarship grants when needed who will help you find the best information and options to meet your planning needs that are available in your area so you can be aware of your choices, confident in your decisions, and at peace 
that you've made the best decisions to live life on your own terms. Visit the website at aguidinglight.org or to make a tax-deductible contribution that helps others find the information and resources they need, please send your check to the address on the screen right below me here. We're so grateful for your support and sincerely hope that you will join the conversation in coming weeks. Add your questions and comments below. Speaking of that, hit the like and subscribe buttons. It's free. And turn on that notify bell so you'll catch every single episode. I'm Clayton Vandiver, your Lightkeeper. We'll see you next time.